Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What an exciting day we have today just to share the gospel of Jesus Christ from the book of John the Apostle. Hallelujah. John the Evangelist. Such an amazing book, such an amazing insight. Looking at what Jesus did and looking at all the miracles, the salvations, seeing the teachings of Christ through this wonderful book of John, not forgetting the purpose of why John was written. And when we look at the purpose of John, the theme of John is John 20, 30 and 31. And we're going to be speaking about it a little bit later on again. But this is the purpose why the book of John was written. And this is the theme of John, the theme scripture. Many other signs, therefore, Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And that is amazing. So that you may have life in his name through believing. Today we're going to speak about the nobleman's faith. And if I could subtitle this message, I would then have to subtitle it, uh, The Purpose of Miracles, and it would continuously go from every miracle throughout the book of John. We would then have to title it um, part one, which was the miracle in Cana, in Cana at a wedding. Part two will be this, the miracle of the nobleman. Of faith, the son, the son that was miraculously healed, and there's about seven miracles that has been recorded in the book of John. Now, these are not the only miracles that happened in the life of Jesus. The Bible says these were recorded so that those who, who as the Bible says, but these have been written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. So there's been some that has been written, and we know Jesus did many, many more miracles, because even John says at the end, if everything was recorded, that the books would not be able to contain it. And so we know that God was, or Jesus was the miracle man, and still is, because the Bible says he's the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he's the same forever. This message today, and I believe it's a message in season, it's a message that we are believing God for the miraculous. Now, the miraculous should not be occasional events in the church. It should be continuous. We should be living in the supernatural. The supernatural life should not be an occasional life. It should be a daily walk with God. Therefore, as we look into the miracles that Jesus performed, and we know that Jesus did great things, many things, many things that caused people to believe and some did not believe. But I pray that through these miracles and through miracles in the lives, in our lives, and even in this that has been recorded for us, that we would believe that Jesus truly is the Son of God without doubt. And we're going to continue now and we're going to read from the book of John chapter 4 and let's, let's look at verse 40 we're going to start at verse um just give me one second we're going to start at verse 46 we know verse, verse 43 to 45 the bible says now jesus says a prophet is without honor um except but in his own town right in his own country and jesus has come from from a place where he was not honored we know in nazareth we also know judea judea is where people also did not really believe in christ and we're gonna we can understand this as we be as we continue with this teaching you know 
We find this very strange today, even in our own lives, that God can do so many miracles. Today, just the fact that I'm breathing is a miracle. Today, just the fact that we got up is a miracle. Today, just the fact that our hearts are beating. Everything in nature is taking its course. Everything is happening in this world. The sun is out there. The sun is in its place. The moon is in its place. Everything is a miracle. We are living in the miraculous. If we should just open our eyes to understand it, for Jesus said, except the man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. And so we need to pray that God opens our eyes and so that we must know that miracles and 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 and, and, and that, that Jesus Christ truly is the son of God and he's the creator of all things and we're going to see that you know how the word spoke a word and how things changed and that is what we're going to be be, be be delving into when we busy with this particular text so let's look at verse 46 and we're going to read today John 4 verse 46 and we're going to read to verse 54 he came therefore again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. There was a certain royal official whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea unto Galilee, he went to him and was requesting him to come down and heal his son. For he was at the point of death. And Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. The royal official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he started off. I love that he believed the word. Oh, God. As he was now going down, his slaves met with him, and, and um, they were saying that his son was living. So he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. They said, therefore, to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. Glory be to God. An instantaneous miracle. I know that healing at times takes time it takes process but this has been an instantaneous miracle i believe that some of us are at that point right now where we need instantaneous miracles hallelujah we need god to do something now we need to believe god for something immediately and that is what we believe god for today is miracles as you listen to this teaching today that miracles are going to manifest in your life miracles are going to happen miracles are going to break out in your life we're going to see the purpose of miracles and one of our at one of our points today that we're going to discuss miracles and we're going to look at it at this particular text and go on and discuss this miracle every time we're going to go through the book of john and come across text about miracles we're going to look at the principles in that specific text and how this miracle was unlocked. And I pray that as we learn these principles, that miracles in our lives will also be activated today. And we will experience what this noble man experienced through faith in Christ. Glory be to God. And so the Bible says, so the father knew that it was at the hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives and he himself believed. That is the purpose of miracles. He himself believed and his whole household. This again is a second sign that Jesus performed when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. Hallelujah. So he had faith. So he did something amazing. He did a miracle, a miracle, a miracle, a miracle, a miracle. And so we're going to look at this. And so Jesus now continued on his journey to Galilee. 
and he came to Cana, Cana of Galilee, right? Now we know that he went on his way to Galilee, but he passed through Samaria. And we know this miracle that happened, the miracle of salvation, when this woman believed. And the Bible don't even speak about any healings that Jesus did in Samaria, but people believed. I mean, this woman's life, her testimony was enough for them to believe that Jesus is the Christ. Hallelujah, that Jesus is the Christ. Galilee was known as Galilee, a Galilee Gohoyim. I cannot, the pronunciation is Gala-ha-go-him, which is the Galilee of the Gentiles. Jesus had, had been in Judea, but he detected that people, you know, they, that people did not really believe in him. And therefore, we read earlier in the text, when we read in John chapter 3, we see that there was beginning to, people wanted to stop the trouble between him and John's disciples. And we know that why Jesus then left Judea and left John there and went to another place. We know that's why he left. And um, opposition was now beginning to increase because Jesus is about to go to the cross. And now things were beginning to increase. First they accepted him, but now hostility began to increase and people were now beginning to turn against, against him. And slowly it was leading to the day of his crucifixion. Hallelujah. So our Lord was really never identified with the place of his true birth. People called him a Galilean, but Jesus, Jesus was born in Judea and Bethlehem of Judea. They where he was born. Hallelujah. Because Bethlehem is in Judea. So he was known as the prophet then from Galilee. And that is what they they, they spoke about most of the time. And that's that's why they struggled to believe. Because according to the text, it was not no prophet would come from this place. And so they were a little bit puzzled. Nazareth is not mentioned in the Old Testament. We have done the study on that and we've looked through it. And therefore we see the hostility with Christ because now people are referring to him from the place where he grew up and not the place where he was born. And so Jesus knew that, you know, how people would respond to his ministry. And, you know, people responded to Jesus' ministry in Jerusalem, not because of sincerity of heart. People were, you know, Jesus, the Bible even says in the book of John, chapter 2, verse 23 to 25. Let's just read this quickly, just to understand the text that I'm coming from. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name, beholding his signs, which he was doing. So they only believed in him because of the signs. You know, even Nicodemus said, you know, the people say that there's something about you that we can see that you know god is with you because of the signs but they did not really want to admit that he was the christ but they believed in the signs now people can do that and we know that is the problem today in the church you know people can go to the churches where there's demons being cast out and people being healed but how many people are really saved in those ministries most of the time people are there for adrenaline rush and we're going to get there when we're going to go to miracles because we need to deal with this topic today we need to understand that these things were done so that people could believe this was never to make man great in the earth. Miracles should point to Jesus Christ. And that should be the ultimate. Therefore, when somebody gets a job they didn't deserve or don't even have qualifications for, it's a miracle from God. When somebody gets a baby and they have no, there was no womb or there was nothing there and they get a child, that's a miracle. When people get certain things happening in their life that was impossible, human impossible, then we know it's a miracle and that was God's hand in it. And so we see here, the Bible says that Jesus did not, he didn't really trust these guys because these guys were not interested in him. They were interested in miracles. How many people go to powerful churches and yet they only seek the miracles. They only seek the miracle, but they don't seek the man behind the miracles, which is Jesus Christ. Because he is the one that has endured man and woman of God with power. 
But today we have rather have our focus changed on the man than instead of, instead of the miracle worker, which is Jesus Christ. So Jesus knew the hearts of people and people could not deceive him. People could not deceive him. He knew what was in man because he was there in the beginning when God said, let's make man. Hallelujah. In our image and our likeness. So he knew man very well. Nobody could make Jesus or, or cover all over Jesus' eyes. He knew man. And that's not what Jesus wants us to have shallow faith. Jesus doesn't want us to have the shallowness, this insincerity in us. Hallelujah. He wants us to truly believe. Therefore, I believe that, you know, every time God is good to you, your faith is supposed to increase in God. You're supposed to increase intimacy. You're supposed to increase your walk with God. You're supposed to increase your life with God. I I mean, if we sometimes God has been so good to us, but yet we are so distant from God, and we should not live those types of lives. And we need to understand that. And so Jesus now returns to Cana, and there's some reasons why he could have returned to Cana of Galilee. Perhaps he wanted to cultivate the seed that is sown through the miracle that happened at the wedding, and now he wants to go there to minister to the people again, so that that seed could be watered, and so that the increase could come and people could be born again. Or perhaps you just went back because Nathaniel had to go there for some personal reasons, back to Cana. We do not really know why. But Jesus was met at Cana by a nobleman that came from Capernaum. So he heard Christ was on his, on his, on his journey and this man's faith caused him to, to pursue God. There is times where faith needs to pursue God. When you really have faith in God, faith will make you in pursuit of God. Faith will make you in pursuit of God. You will find what you are looking for. Because the Bible promises us, he that seeks will find. This man came from Capernaum and he was, he needed a miracle. I, I believe that many today that as you listen to me today, you are in need of a miracle in some area of your life. But as your faith comes to a place where you are willing to pursue Christ, this man came looking for Christ in Cana because he was from Capernaum. Glory be to God. And we know this was some distant, uh, a couple of distance or a couple of kilometers away from where he lived. But this man needed a miracle. He must have heard about Jesus because the Bible speaks about Jesus' fame spreading. It speaks about when people heard Jesus do miracles, his fame spread abroad. People heard about him. So this man heard about Christ and he then pursued God. I know that many people come to church because they heard that God is doing miracles and God is doing signs and they've heard maybe things are happening in certain churches and therefore you find yourself coming to the house of God because you are in pursuit of a miracle. Am I speaking to somebody today? Because I know I am I am in pursuit of miracles and I'm believing God and therefore through this noble man's faith, my faith has increased and I'm believing God that things are going to manifest in the name of Jesus. If you believe, say amen. If you believe, if you're in agreement with me, say amen i receive my miracle i receive my breakthrough it is my time with my god in jesus mighty name glory be to god hallelujah and this man came and he started asking on behalf of his son he asked jesus to heal his son and we're gonna we're gonna just break this down we're gonna break this down we know the first miracle came through the request of jesus mother mary the second miracle now happened through the man asking the father asking for his son's miracle and we need to not forget the purpose of these signs so that people will believe. My God, I pray that man and woman will see and understand the purpose of miracles in the name of Jesus. We're going to break this down in three points and we're going to trust God to lead us through this three points. And um, 
I pray that God will richly bless us as we continue just to, to get into these three points today. We're going to look at the nobleman's faith. We're going to look at faith, the different, how his faith increased. And then we're going to look at what miracles are and um, in this context of this text. Amen. And so the first thing that we understand that this nobleman could have been a Jew or a Gentile because the Bible does not really tell us who he is, nor is um, the Bible clear on his position in government. He may have been a member of Herod's court or he might have been somebody just having some high um, rank in government. But the Bible does not clearly um, tell us what rank this guy had. Some Bible scholars said this could have been Mannion, which we find as one of the people that um, started out with the church in Antioch. Or it could have been one of the ladies that traveled to Jesus' husband. And um, so he was somebody in authority, but he was in need of a miracle. Now, it looks to me like, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, but if you can't find solutions through your, I mean, there's rich people out there. They have tried to pay for their children to get healed and try to go for operations and try to go for transplants and whatever it might be. You can have billions of rents in your bank account, but if the doctors say there's nothing they can do, who do we turn to? Many turns to Jesus Christ. Many turns to Jesus Christ. You know, I read a story. I heard a story about a young girl. She's a Muslim girl, a Muslim girl. And um, she was one of these places, I think, in Iraq or, or Iran. And um, she was crippled. And she could not walk. And she wanted a miracle. And her father said to her, you know, let's go to Mecca. And when we get to Mecca, you kiss the stone. And um, when you kiss the stone, Muhammad will heal you and you will be healed from this and Allah will touch your life and you will be whole and etc, etc. And, and they left for Mecca, they went on their pilgrimage, they came there to Mecca, she went there, she kissed the stone, but nothing happened. Nothing happened. And this young girl was puzzled and disappointed and she really wanted a miracle. She really wanted to be healed. And somehow, somewhere, she heard about Jesus Christ. And um, she actually read about Jesus Christ in the Quran. And one of the things that the, the Quran says about Christ is that he is the, is the healing man or the miracle worker, if I'm correct. Might not have the exact, the exact text on how it was laid out. And then she started praying and saying, but the, the Quran is speaking about this miracle man. I want to experience healing through this miracle man. If Jesus was the healer, then I want him to heal me. And this was a prayer to Christ, not knowing what was going to happen. And in her desperation, she called out to Christ to heal her. One night she was sleeping. And as she was sleeping, about 13 men walked into a bedroom. And the, and the room was lit up and the glory of God filled the room. And Jesus was one of these 13 men that was with her. And Jesus said to this young girl, rise and walk. And this young girl said to Christ, I cannot walk. I've never walked. And Jesus said, rise and walk. That girl got out of her bed and she started walking. She started jumping. She started rejoicing. She started praising God. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, the, and the lady that attended to her heard this commotion in the room and entered the room and found this young girl leaping and rejoicing. And she asked this young girl, you know, what, what happened to you? Because you are not supposed to walk. She said, to the, she said to the lady, you know, Jesus healed me. Jesus healed me. This girl's desperateness, 
may they not worry who's gonna say anything and you know the family started coming to visit and the people started becoming curious in the town and you know it's a it's an islamic state and so people were now beginning to be offended and she said to the people but you know it's written in the quran jesus is then the healer and she started sharing this testimony with many people and people turned against her and people now her father even put her out of her out of the house and she had to find a place to stay and she found a Methodist convent and she stayed there and she continued to share her testimony. And here we find this nobleman. If this nobleman was Mannion, and we know Mannion became one of the prophets and teachers in the Antioch church, something happened to his life. This nobleman had an encounter. We're going to see how this thing plays out. The first thing that we need to understand that when we need God to do something, we need to ask. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive seek and you shall find knock and the door will be opened and this man kept beseeching christ you know he kept asking you know he, he made sure that he's gonna get what he wanted before he left there we find that in verse 48 it looks like a rebuke that christ gave him here. you know christ says to him um, unless you people see the signs and wonders you will simply not believe and this was basically the spiritual condition of most of the people. And this was the spiritual condition of people in Judea and in Galilee. Because seeing is believing to people. And that's what happens to many of us. We must see before we believe. The world, lost world must see before we believe. But then, I, you know, the thing that, still, that I still can't get off my heart is that in Samaria, in Samaria the Bible does not speak, speak about Jesus doing miracles. But the Bible says the whole city believes. My God, something happened among the Samaritans something happened you know the jews were always asking for signs and always asking you know we need to get out of that even as christians say there's sometimes we want god first to do something before we increase in our faith and that is not the way it should be the the thing that it should be the highest miracle or greatest miracle in our life is the is the miracle of salvation and that should keep us praising till the day we die because we know we were unable to change ourselves and here was people, you know, just wanting to see miracles. And it sounds like a mild rebuke. And um, But this man was not moved by what Jesus said. This man wanted this thing. You know, sometimes we need to, we, we, we need to come to a place that when we desire a miracle, we should not let obstacles deter us. And that's what happens to most of us. Whenever we are in pursuit of a miracle, little things causes us to lose focus. This man was focused. This man wanted this miracle. He was desperate. His son was going to die if Jesus didn't do something. I mean, some of us are standing right now at the point where if God does not come through, you're going to lose something. You're not going to make it. You're not going to overcome. And yet this person is at the very same place in his life. But this man refused to take no for an answer or refused to even worry what Jesus even said in that sentence seeing is believing for him it was I need a miracle I'm gonna get this miracle I'm not gonna leave until I know until I know and so this noble man believed that Jesus could heal his son but let's look at at the couple of mistakes that this man of uh, that this man did first of all the first thing that he thought was that Jesus needed to come to where his son was in order to heal the boy and the second thing is that he thought that, you know, it's going to be too late. This boy is going to die. So he came with faith, but yet he still had, he still had his own, um, he, he, he assumed certain things. 
And that's what happens to us when we're in pursuit of a miracle. Sometimes we're trying to figure out how God is going to do it or what God is going to do. When we come to God in faith for a miracle, we should leave it up to God. The Bible says Abraham had so much faith in God that Abraham was not deterred, that Abraham um, did not stagger at the promise of God in unbelief. But Abraham was fully persuaded that what God has said, he was able to, to do. And this man now did, at the beginning, his faith started. Now, when we take the journey through faith, we can understand some principles. But this man's faith started off when many of our faith starts off. You know, we try to assume, we try to figure it out, we try to work out things. And, and that is where we find ourselves many a times, you know, trying to think, is God going to do it this way, my way? This is the natural way. But miracles are supernatural. Miracles are supernatural. Throughout the Bible, whenever we see miracles happen, it's a supernatural event. It's something that cannot be explained. It's something that is beyond man's um man's man, man cannot um think or their minds cannot um comprehend what God just did. I mean, look at the Elisha. Elisha takes a takes a twig, puts it on the water, and an axe head floats on the water. That is a miracle. There is something that is, come on, you know, there's things that in, that is in the word of God, if we, if we have to try to use science to explain it, it would confuse us. And um, it, it's not possible. And therefore, this man needed God to do something. Hallelujah. And, and this man, man, he had, he had so much faith. Something happened, and we're going to look in, the, in, in our second point on, on the different levels of faith on what happened. But he had so much faith that, you know, when Jesus said, go, your son liveth, the Bible says, and the man just went. He just left. He went on his way back home. He might have stayed the night with Christ, as some said, because it was already in the, in the afternoon. And then the next morning he made his way home. But this man just left. He returned home. Hallelujah. This man did what the Samaritan woman did when she asked Jesus for a daughter. And Jesus said, your daughter liveth. And this woman believed. My God. Let's pray today. Say, Father, give me the faith of this noble man. Lord, give me the faith of that Samaritan. Lord, give us the faith of the centurion. Lord, give us the faith of our father Abraham. That when you speak, we do not question. We believe. And the miracle took place and the boy was healed instantaneously when Jesus spoke the word. Now, this man did not know that there was no cell phone. There was no email. There was no Facebook. There was no WhatsApp. So nobody could tell him, listen, yeah, your son just rose up. Now things are, this man went in faith, a day's journey in faith, believing that God's word is true. The Bible says, um, let God be true and every man a liar. The Bible also says, God is not a man that you should lie, neither the son of man that you should repent. And so we need to stand on in faith like this man did it. My God, this is awesome. The boy was healed and the Bible says at exactly the same time when Jesus spoke the word, the boy was healed. He was miraculously healed. The father's faith was strong. Hallelujah. Therefore, the father did not delay. I pray that today our faith is strong. I'm believing God for great things. I'm believing God for great things. We're believing God to plant churches on every continent, in every city, in every nation. I'm believing God for, for houses and things that we need to believe God for because we know that these things is things that we need. We believe miracles. We need death to be settled. We need things to change. We need bodies, our bodies to be healed. We need organs and, and things to happen. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. The word of God was spoken. 
spoken my god you know during this lockdown i've learned the power of the spoken word because we could not go to hospitals and we could not go to people and we had a whatsapp we have a whatsapp message that people inboxes us or sends us whatsapp for prayer requests and and people sent us these prayer requests and i used to pray for people all the time during these two years of COVID 19 and so many miracles and testimonies has come back for people that we have believed god for organs and brains and people's brains and and and, and fluids that disappeared in people's brains and my and heads and and you know people receive like organs being refreshed and renewed and, and so many things healings just happen because of the spoken word we spoke healing we believed healing because christ in us the hope of glory christ word in us we have the word of god and his word in our mouth is as his word in his mouth and i spoke the word and things began to happen glory be to god Say to somebody, speak the word, speak the word, speak the word. Get the promises of God on your lips and declare it and speak the word. Speak the word until it becomes rhema. Speak the word until it becomes revelation. Speak the word until something begins to happen on the inside of you. This man heard the word. And because this word was spirit and life, I believe something happened to this man. Something happened. At the moment the word was spoken, this man had a confirmation in his spirit. Therefore, the Bible says he started off home. I pray today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that as you hear this word, whatever your need is, whatever your desire is, that right now you will take the Bible, you will look for the promises concerning your condition, concerning your situation, and you will speak the word of God because the Bible says his word shall not return unto him empty. The Bible says his angels watches over his word to perform it. The Bible says he upholds everything through his word. There's were in the word in the name of Jesus glory be to God when we look at this man's faith and when we understand faith and we begin to delve into this topic of faith in this context hallelujah this man's faith started off as Christ's faith he was about to lose his son and had no other recourse but the Lord Jesus Christ and so had Christ's faith and most of the time we know that the people that comes to the Lord through a crisis when people are about to die of cancer, about to die or about to experience some something in their life that, that is called a crisis, they come to God in that moment to believe God to change their story. And he had crisis faith. Hallelujah. And we know that when people come to God with faith, and even if it's crisis faith, he will never turn them away. The nobleman's crisis faith became confident faith because he believed the word and had peace in his heart he was even able to delay his trip home knowing that the boy was out of danger there was something about the words of jesus christ because the bible says in john chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning was the word the word was with god and the word was god the bible says in the book of john chapter 1 verse 14 and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us hallelujah tabernacled amongst us and we beheld the glory the glory of the only begotten son hallelujah the glory and this man in that moment the word spoke the word and something happened to him oh god rhema 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 words brings about life in us life in our situation life in our circumstances my god i pray that the word of god will bring life in the name of jesus 
I pray that the word of God will bring life in the name of Jesus Christ. The second thing we learn in this text is about flawed faith. Because Jesus asked, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? The thing about this faith is that this faith regard, disregards the message and mission of Jesus Christ according to John chapter 20 verse 31 and 32 because these things are supposed to lead to salvation hallelujah we should not be focused on miracles because of the sensation and how because of how they perform but we should be focused on Jesus when we have this flawed faith it, it's actually a superficial faith this faith always seeks thrill it always it leads to none it leads to not um, it does not save people this faith is faith that is based on the interest like the Judeans. This faith is only miracle focus, but never brings faith in Christ. My God, we need to be careful. We need to be careful about flawed faith, superficial faith. We need to be careful. We know that we need to have faith in God. We need to not be moved. We need to have true faith that leads us to deeper intimacy. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 2, the Bible says after the miracle of, of the water to wine, the Bible says the disciples believed. Their faith just increased. From the moment they received him as their, as their Messiah, now their faith has increased to the place where it's now confirmed in them that truly this is the Son of God. The next thing we look at in this text concerning faith is confident and confirmed faith. The man believed the word of Jesus that spoke and started off. The slaves met him saying that his son is living. His confident faith became confirmed faith. Indeed, the boy had been healed completely. And the healing took place at the very time when Jesus spoke the word. It was this fact that made a believer out of the nobleman and his household. He believed that Jesus was the Christ, the son of God. And he shared with his family this amazing miracle that happened. Let's look at the process or the progress of this man's faith. This man's faith moved from moved in three different levels. The first level or the third level of, of, of faith was unbelief because this was only a, a level that believed because of miracles. This wanted to see miracles. This wasn't real faith in Christ. So the first one is the third level is the unbelief because this only is um, stayed up through miracles. The second level is which believes in God's word. That's the second level that this man moved to. And the third level was this man's seen what Jesus now did and this man turned to Christ so that was the progress of his miracle he came in unbelief and then he believed the word of Christ and then this now led to salvation and that is the purpose of this particular book the next thing about this man's faith it was contagious because through him sharing what Jesus did the Bible says his whole household was saved he believed and because of his contagious faith, others believed. I believe that when God does miracles in our lives and we share it with people, that faith needs to be contagious. So that family members and friends can know that your God is greater than anything. My God is somebody with me. The next thing about faith is saving faith. Saving faith. The Bible says he himself believed him and his household. They believed. This is faith. Faith is the knowledge of or the trust in the commitment to Jesus Christ that requires salvation. This is that type of faith. Salvation is always through faith, not because of faith. 
but through faith. Faith is the channel through which we receive God's gift of eternal life. This is so we can never boast even of our own faith or concerning how we came to Christ. Therefore, we must always have faith in Jesus Christ for what he has done. For the Bible says, but to all who believed, John 1, 12, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Our third and final point about this miracle. We know that Jesus has performed several miracles and some of these miracles were done at a distance. Let's just, let us just read a, a definition of a miracle that I find very interesting concerning this text. A miracle is an unexpected outpouring of God's power in an event that defies ordinary explanation, which occurs for the purpose of advancing God's kingdom. Miracles are to advance God's kingdom. Miracles are not to make men and women of God famous. It's for the advancement of the kingdom. So when we look at this miracle, we look at several miracles that Jesus did from a distance. The Bible says he healed the centurion servant from a distance. Amen. Because the centurion servant said to him, you cannot come under my roof. I have man under authority. Just speak your word. He understood that. And Jesus even said, I have not seen great faith like this. And that man's servant got healed from a distance. The Bible says the lady, the Canaanite woman that came to Jesus begging him for a miracle, her daughter was healed. So these two miracles is explains to us how the spoken word of God heals people. How Jesus just spoke and people were miraculously healed. And the Bible also says the nobleman believed and his son was healed. We understand that this could also refer spiritually, that how Jesus in Ephesians 2, 2, 12 and 13, how through the blood of Christ, those who were far were brought near. And that's how this happens. The power of God performed a miracle, the spoken word. Nothing can stop the word of God as it goes forth. Now, the Bible quotes this as the second miracle. But we know that the Bible says he did many miracles in Jerusalem. This was the second miracle in Cana. And I believe that only seven miracles were written or recorded for us so that we could have deeper faith in Christ and those who are unsaved to believe that Jesus is the Christ, of the, Christ the Son of the living God. The next thing that we realize of this miracle is that Jesus had power over time. When we look at the miracle of Cana, we understand that Jesus had power over time because we know that wine takes time to be um, ferment and it takes maybe two, two years, three years and so forth. But Jesus spoke it and or Jesus just poured this water into this water vessels and suddenly this water was transformed into wine. That is Jesus has power over time. Glory be to God. Jesus did not need time to make them mature this wine, but he has power over time. The next thing that Jesus has is power over space. And that basically also speaks about distance, but he had power over space. We understand that in this miracle that Jesus was not limited simply because he was in Cana and the sick boy was in Capernaum. Wherever you are desiring God to do something, do not let there be any limitations. Space, time, nothing can stand in the way of a miracle from God. Therefore, I know that as we said early on, the many people I prayed for over WhatsApp was around South Africa and some even internationally and abroad. 
people that send us messages to pray for them and God miraculously heal them because there's no distance in prayer. There's no distance for Christ to do whatever he wants to. I read a story about, about John G. Lake. Somebody was believing God for a miracle of one of their family members in another nation. And um, they asked the man of God to pray. And he prayed, but something happened while he prayed because he was translated to that person in the spirit. And in the spirit, he went into the place where this person was in a mental institution. And this person, he prayed for this person in this vision. And this person got healed. And how he knew this? Because the family members of this people reported this healing because it was a miracle. Therefore, there's no, there's no space, time, any limitation in the miracles that God wants to perform in our lives. As I said this, as we continue through the book of John, we're going to find different principles on how people believe and how miracles happen. And I believe that God wants to do great, great miracles in the life of every child of God. As we conclude today, the fact that the father believed the word and did not know the results until the next day is evidence that he had confident faith. I pray today that we will not look or, or, or have this mindset of seeing is believing, but that we will know that when we make our request unto the Lord, that our request is answered because the Bible says he hears the prayers of the righteous. This man trusted Jesus when he spoke. We need to believe God when he speaks in his word or what he says about our lives. Therefore, we need to understand that time or anything has no limitations to the power of God for doing something right now. I remember a couple of years, two or three ago, when we were still in the building, in our smaller building, we had an evening service and a woman came into the service and I spoke a word over her life concerning a daughter not knowing what was happening at home and um, something happened because when this woman walked in that night in her, in her, in her house, she came back home and um, she found her daughter cleaning and tidying up and this thing the daughter did not do for a very long time. So I, was spoke, I spoke the word in the church but something happened at home. Another lady was came to church one night and um, the Lord gave me like a, a inner vision. I saw a sick person laying on a bed and I prayed and I said, I see like cancer. I see like this person's going to die. And if I don't pray for this person today, this person has a certain period of time to live. And I prayed for that lady and something happened. Something miraculous happened. That lady till today, it's more than three years. She was given a, a certain period of time to live. And it's now more than three years and that lady is still alive. There was no distance. No distance could limit what the power of God wanted to do. The most important thing about miracles is that we believe in Jesus Christ and that it should turn us to the Lord. Today, God has been good to so many of us. It's time that we surrender our lives to Christ. and It's time that we give him our heart today. We need to believe that this was written so that we could believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Today, if you need to accept Jesus Christ in your life, maybe you have rejected him. God has been good to you. Jesus has saved you so many times. You're supposed to be dead. You're supposed to not even be here today. But you cried out for mercy. 
but yet you have not served him, yet you have backslidden, yet you have turned your back on God. But today, God is calling you. God is saying, do not want to see to believe. Believe in me. If you walk with me, I promise to never leave you. I promise to never forsake you. I promise to be the promise keeper, the way maker, the miracle worker in your life. If that is you, just pray this prayer with me today. Say, Father, I come to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I believe that you are the God that sent Jesus Christ to die for me on the cross of Calvary. I believe that he shed blood, washes me, cleanses me, purifies me from all my sin. I believe that today I'm born again. I'm washed with the blood. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. If you say that prayer, believing it with all your heart, then truly you are saved in Jesus' name. God bless you and remember, have faith in God.